Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. Hey, everybody. This is Andy Nelson from Marvel Movie Minute and the next real film podcast. You can find me at Soda Creek Film. All righty. And today we're talking about minute 168 of part five, All the King's Horses. It is going to start with Lois Lane looking up towards Superman. And then the minute's going to end with Superman and Lois hugging each other. It's very, like Andy said, it's a very peaceful minute. (laughs) Should I have a soundboard? Audience noises? Yeah, the audience cue. Yeah, yeah, there's, so there's, we first two minutes, loads of action. Uh, This minute, it is completely, uh, it's like a vacuum. There's there's no action. This is just, just a moment between Lois and Clark Kent, uh, and really, it's just a, a couple words said by Lois that stretches out this minute. We do have uh, a, a few shots of Batman as he kind of uh, looks on at, at Lois, and, you know, kind of consoling uh, Clark Kent here. Um, but besides that, it's just the music. It's just a few words from Lois, um, and then the minute's going to end like right before they take off. You know, right before you know. In tomorrow's minute, we'll talk about you know Superman flies off. But they don't fly off yet. Like this minute just ends with them still hugging, still embracing each other, um, and like you said, Andy, it's just just a very peaceful, uh, beautiful moment that we have here. So um, one of the things, that, bit, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go for it. <laughs> one, one of the things that I really like about the way that uh, that Snyder chose to shoot this moment is kind of just the way that we have the stillness with the reflections of the sun where it is, which. You know, we, I mean, we've seen it in the last minutes, but usually the camera is just moving kind of past it where it's there, but we're not focusing on it. And it really, mm-hmm. in the last few minutes, more what we're seeing is like the flames of the car rising up from the side of the frame or just the giant plume of black smoke coming up. This minute, we kind of step aside from seeing the violence and the destruction. I mean, we, it's still there. But you get those moments that linger more on that reflection of the sun. It's it's really specifically like the glass of those buildings in the background where you just the, the sun's at the right angle where the reflection is just coming through. And I think in a moment like this where it's just kind of like that reawakening of Clark, of Kal-El, as he's remembering, starting uh, to remember who he was, and you get that connection to the sun, I just I find that to be... Um, just a powerful way to construct this moment cinematically to give us that that connection, that rebirth, reawakening uh, for this particular character. Yeah, yeah. If we remember uh, a few weeks earlier, I mean, they're doing this overnight. They dig up the body. Yeah. They take it to Star Labs. It's in the middle of the night. It's like 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah, the sun is rising, right? So what you're saying is like the sun is rising, the, the last sun of Krypton is rising. He the, did the, rise. He was yeah. we watched him. We've we've all we've also talked about how, you know, this is supposed to be a five film arc and it's supposed to also be an allegory to the the uh, the birth of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, and then the ascension of Christ and, you know, Christian mythology. So there's this third movie is supposed to now be the, the day that he rose. Um, so we, we've talked about that mythology as well. Um, 
I can call it mythology, right? No one's going to be angry at me. Uh, but yeah, it's it, that's that's what's happening here, right? This is this, this is the Easter. This is an Easter movie, you know. <laughs> if Iron Man Three is a Christmas movie. Zack Snyder's Justice League Easter. is an Easter movie, okay? Uh, and then you're supposed to you're supposed to watch Batman v Superman on on Ash Wednesday or something. <laughs> Let's work on starting that trend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we can get behind that. Um, the lighting is really great in this uh, scene. I think um, it really is. Um, the fact that there the 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 fact that the sun is not like it it's the light source but it's not like the blatant light source especially for a superman character that is supposed to be rising and mm-hmm. being powered by that particular object um we're also in like a concrete jungle we're n- i don't it's not like direct sunlight you know unless he's above the skyline um so it is all of these reflections in this window, in these windows, as well as the uh, leftover, you know, incandescent light bulbs in the buildings and stuff. So it does have this very orange hue, um, and orange hue lighting is, uh, you know, it, sometimes it makes you just go, eh, what would you do that for? You know, it's it's kind of kind of like mm. things that make it look weird. Um, and I'm a firm believer that orange lighting makes things look weird. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying no, that it's kind of like it look weird. Um, but there isn't really that that tinge. There isn't a a hue in this version. In the 2017 version, it is blatant, and it is blatant oh, as not super being saturated. A, yeah, it's not a light yeah. source in my opinion. So like that whole moment of whatever this calmness, you know, taking, bringing Cal-El back into whatever reality that we need to be bringing him back into did not hit in that moment. And it was bring out the big guns like, okay, that is it. Like that was the plan. So it's really upsetting how a moment that is as pure as this, and it's as pure as it's supposed to be in its inception was handled uh, very incorrectly i think uh in one point and that was actually printed and, and released and you can go and buy that copy and stuff and, and that kind of upsets marketed, me that version <laughs> but it, it it could be uh it's a little disrespectful or not in considering some of the um post-production notes for yeah. a movie because I, I think um i always use the wonder woman film as an example where um the all the smoke that they use in in the making of that movie especially in the no man's land scene is all like it's a blue smoke and they're like that doesn't make any sense why is all the smoke blue it's like well when we color correct the film it will then look that dark ashy smoky color and so everything is done for a reason and fabian wagner who's the cinematographer here um and and worked on like the Game of Thrones, some of the bigger scenes like Hard Home and uh, Battle of the Bastards, I, I believe. Um, you see kind of his cinematography in, in this field, like this open field, especially in Yesterday's Minute. Um, kind of like the big open skies and like kind yeah. of like these this kind of battlefield. You see that kind of um, that's that that this is definitely Fabian Wagner's vision, different from. 
uh, Larry Fong's vision that you yeah. saw in, in Dawn of Justice. There's like a um, boldness, and I mean yeah. that in like the font type. <laughs> if you could, it's take always like these... seeing it when when a different artist takes over in a comic book, right? Yeah. And you're like thicker lines, exactly, more solid palette, but then this is know, bold. <laughs> yeah, more yeah. So, um, but uh, th- there's an um, so there's a little bit like. You know, Fabian and Zach, they had a vision for this scene, but then here comes another team. They take it. They color correct it to appease, uh, appeal to uh, the general audience for comic book movies. And by oversaturating it, that's why you got like a Bruce Wayne that's like super pink or orange looking like his skin looks very flush. Yeah. Yeah. uh, In in those in in the other version of this movies, because everything's saturated in a way that it didn't agree with the way that the film was fundamentally set up to be color corrected. So that's why it looks off. Um, but then also I want to, I want to jump back to the very beginning of this movie uh, in part one where Lois Lane is getting coffee at the coffee shop. Yeah. And Zack Snyder's there and uh, Lois yeah. takes the coffee to heroes park and I, the sun is still rising in that scene, but the way that the sun is illuminating all the windows. We talked about it before, but it almost looks like the whole city's on fire. Mm-hmm. Like it almost looks like the like it's not a good thing. And now here, everything is like it's rising. And we it's actually like do have a fire. Up. Yeah, there's an actual fire here. Yes, <laughs> actual this, fire. this time is. <laughs> <laughs> we can't ignore it. Every time we start talking about it, we're like, oh, it's so peaceful. And then there's this dumpster fire <laughs> happening <laughs> to the side. You can't escape it. Um, yeah. Uh, but but it's, it's but, but that's what's interesting is that Snyder kind of does escape it the way that he puts it together. Because like we see so much of the burning and everything early in all of this. But as they kind of reconnect and everything come together, like he's he's framing it more and more to frame that stuff out and to focus just on the two of them and uh, to give us that moment of just the two of them, the sky. And it just, it feels, um, I don't know. It just, there is a little bit more of this. We're finding peace in this moment of chaos. It really is a, that's the word that needs to be like highlighted and printed out and, and stickered all over this, uh, 60 seconds here is is peace um and i think that's also the turning point of this movie and in itself um is that now this is where we're supposed to be working towards peace um particularly in batman's vision and in batman's world and his vision of this world um he he accomplished his goal um he got back the superman uh, he did that, you know, it, he got together the team, everybody worked well, and and he accomplished his goal. So now what is the next step? Uh, save the world. Um, so I think like it's just a massive turning point uh, for just this series and, and this movie in general, that this is now where we first are going to start seeing more working towards peace with all of the pe- <laughs> with all of the pieces on the board. Um, this is also a point where Bruce Wayne has been completely lost, uh, all the way up until this point and probably even more so lost now because it's, you know, in his mind, it's like, okay, resurrect Superman, kill Steppenwolf. Well, what's in between there? 
we're seeing what is supposed to be happening in between there and nobody has any idea how to handle it um, except for the one person that's supposed to and that's Lois Lane. It's really incredible imagery between a Lois Lane and Superman relationship. Um, Lois being the one to be able to talk this insanely powerful being down from whatever he is in any moment or in any storyline um, is necessary, I think. Especially when you can do things with your Superman, like change mm-hmm. their frame of mind and their motives and all of these things. Um, it's, I don't it's... see it as a MacGuffin. That's the thing that I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, whatever. Um, because we were mm-hmm. told in the last movie that Lois Lane is the key. Um, so this is like the inception of that entire thought. Uh, I think it's fun to imagine that nobody really has a plan going forward now that it's like Lois Lane is the key. That's it. Okay. What do we do after that? No, I, I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out when we get there. Huh? Yeah. Exactly. I, 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 you know, that was said in, in Batman v Superman, Dawn of justice, but I, you know, we could also look at wonder woman at the end of, of her film where she said, you know, uh, that only love can truly change the world. Right. And so that's how she ends the moral of her story in that film as well. And we see that here. Um, this this is the last full week of Chapter 5. Uh, next week, we have a few more minutes of Chapter 5, but uh, it's it's called All the King's Horses, right? So Humpty Dumpty, not all the King's Horses, not all the King's Men could put Humpty Dumpty back together again. This, this is, hey, we've, we've, we've done it. We've, you know, Alfred was saying we can't do it. Don't let guilt overcome your reason. You know, you did it. You built a team. You don't have to do all this and make Superman because you feel, you know, like you got to atone in such an extreme way. But they do it. And 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 maybe we could go a step further. Maybe um, I, I don't have the full evidence to support it. But, uh, you know, who's to say, like, maybe all the king's men and all the king's horses, they did try to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But it was Lois Lane who who did it. You know, maybe they couldn't do it. Maybe it is Lois who is the key to 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 actually do it. And so um, maybe that's the part they expanded on. Um, but that's what I love about Chris Terrio's writing. You know, when when we talk about Chris Terrio having like these note cards that he just writes things on, he probably just wrote like, you know, not all the king's horses, not all king's men, and was just like, here, Zach. Here's here's how I'm gonna write the Superman bit. And he's like, I have no idea what this means, sir. He says. Just trust me, I'm going to write it later. Uh, and so that that's kind of like his writing style. He just like writes kind of uh, almost like idioms on note cards before yeah. he actually starts the screenplay. Uh, and that's probably what he did here. So, um, But yeah, Lois Lane being the key and all the king's horses have done it. Like this moment right here, this is, this is uh, part five. This is, this is the minute that best... Um, concludes part five for us of course we'll um like all the all the parts of this movie so far there's always going to be an extra scene that kind of kicks off the next part and um well not to wrap up just yet but you know when we get to to um i uh, we'll get to steppenwolf and um uh, dr silas stone then then it'll kick off part six something darker so there's i i do like that reference to Humpty Dumpty and all the King's men because 
What's interesting there is you could also argue, you know, that they never do fully put Humpty Dumpty back together again. I mean, mm-hmm. as we've already been talking about over the last couple of minutes, uh, Superman never is quite the same. There is still something about him that's not who he had been before. And so they oh, they, yeah. they put him together, but he's still there's still something always going to be a little off with him. And they never say that Humpty Dumpty is an egg, so... Uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> exactly they did that one for the kids for the the pg rating uh yeah so you know it's 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 a great it's a great title for for this chapter it's a great moment here with uh lois lane andy what what are your thoughts i mean we talked about the justice league uh this week but i mean amy adams lois lane um does this work for you are you a fan i know some people find it a little bit i feel like there's more controversial takes on on this portrayal than you know everyone loves margot kidder and pretty much any other version Superman Adventures Lois Lane, but uh, Amy Adams, did it work for you? Amy Adams is one of uh, my favorite actresses out there right now, so it's hard to argue with anything <laughs> that she's put into. <laughs> I just think that she's she's so great in in performances, whether it's a more dramatic turn or you know something like this in in a you know based on a comic book. I I, I and I'm all for different iterations of these characters i know that man of steel like i have a friend who is a hardcore superman comic book reader and was so livid with that movie that superman kills Zod at the end and i'm just like hey bring it i'm done with this boring superman i want to see somebody doing something a little different with this character and they did and i i appreciated that and i you know margot kidder i grew up with as lois lane i think that she absolutely is uh, brings a, a real zip and kind of that '30s, uh, you know, that news, news, uh, you know, gonna go get the news uh, reporter sort of style to the character. But I think Amy Adams is bringing um, her own version of that, and it fits this world. And I think that's what's important is like, you know, you still see her. She has got that dogged determinism to go chase the stories that we've seen over the last couple of films. And, and she's out there uh, doing what needs to be done. But I, I don't know. There's something with the, just that the emotional connection with the character here that we that we never really got in with Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve. I mean, sure, they I think that they are great on screen together, but I it was always kind of more comic booky in kind of their relationship. Whereas this, it feels a little more as an authentic relationship that they were developing. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Never really once was it. Um, uh, well, no, I shouldn't say that they didn't try to blatantly show Lois Lane as damsel in distress for damsel in distress purposes. Yeah. When they did show her in that, moment in those moments um it was a part of a bigger plan and it wasn't uh like lois wasn't damsel in distress on her own accord you know it wasn't like oh superman come save me it was like no weird making this so superman is supposed to come save you kind of deal um so i think it's also like a different kind of relationship that they needed to approach and to write with these characters um and also work within the times and grow uh, from just 70 years of comic book telling and that previous relationship that we've had um, into a newer time, um, especially just 
the whole idea of um the re- the reporter in love with the sun god and he just likes you know storytelling and and saving people <laughs> because of it like is so fun and so pure to me that a superman and lois relationship is always welcome no matter what iteration it is um because it's just so much like deeper like i understand it it's not just like man and woman uh, you know have live in the great American life in Kansas with a kid, you know, white picket fence. Oh, by the way, he's Superman. Like, no, 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 it's not that. Like, everybody knows that. And that's not like an excuse nor an answer. Or is it like, oh, don't worry about it. My husband's Superman. It's like, no, 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 you, it's more of like a thought, a second thought. Like, oh, wait, hang on. Because my husband's Superman, then this, this, and this. So it's really fun. I think it's more mature. This is a very much matured version of these two characters. Um, and it kind of juxtapos- juxtaposes, 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 <laughs> juxtaposes. It does that. Just pose. Just to pose. Yeah. It, with these characters, um, uh, because I think we've seen so little on screen in like an intimate conversation between these two. Like we don't really get them at home arguing about or or discussing daily life it's like them discussing bigger issues because he's superman so it's like an extremely mature relationship that you have to write at the same time it being a like new relationship between just new people um and still having that let's call it a spark between them a noticeable spark on screen between them that i think is a really good balance that we got here um and to go back to what we were saying before in about peace um a lot of times or at least in this series we know that superman's idea of peace was supposed to be lois lane um you know as Hmm. a kid it was it was his mother's voice and and her heartbeat it was the island uh in the ocean that Mm -hmm. whole thing but then him talking to his father you know when did the nightmare stop when i met your mother him realizing all of that is like a complete shift in the character itself uh, and a mature shift. And it's really cool <laughs> that we get this very little dialogue, embraceful moment between the two of them. And the only thing that they do is fly up and leave. It's one of the most powerful things that I've ever seen told between mm. a Superman and Lois. Because um, it's not like it's it's a calming motion it's not like a you know uh lustful i guess i should say it's not the two of them embracing each other because it's you know a love and attraction it's more of like a connection you know these two people needed each other um i don't know i it, it resonates with me I, a lot <laughs> i, yeah, I think oh go for it andy well it, there's a healing moment here yes. for sure and and there's that connection and you know that's an interesting element uh, just listening to kind of what you were saying I, I feel that and I'm the worst as far as like tv shows like I I've never seen any tv show involving these two characters and I know there have been plenty um I just uh, generally stick to movies but um I I really appreciate that in this franchise it feels like a relationship between two people, but not necessarily to humans. And I think that's a, a tricky line 
that we're definitely seeing play out here because he's you know resurrected and an alien yeah. and you know, she's in love with an alien and it's like they i i feel like they're there's more acknowledgement of that in this franchise of of trying to figure out how do we ha- how do we develop this relationship between two seemingly looking normal people but knowing that one of us also is essentially a god and that's an interesting element that's at play here and i imagine for amy adams gives her a lot of stuff to chew on as she's putting her performance together yeah i i i think um there's a line in Man of Steel that she says to Clark, like, uh, how does the line go exactly? Where she's saying, I know you'll never uh, choose to to not save the world, right? Yeah, like, yeah, the world's yeah, always going to yeah. know saving. And um, if you want to remain in hiding, yeah, you, have to you should stop, stop helping people. But I have a feeling stuff. that you, yeah. yeah, that's not an option for you. And so, Uh, But she is the same way. She's the exact same way. And when we say, you know, like, this is a very um, human relationship, but like not uh, between two humans per se. And in a way that it's like Lois Lane herself is kind of like this superhero where she's she she um, if she had no limitations, she wouldn't stop, you know, trying to find justice as well. Being a um, full time reporter, journalist, like uncovering the truth, like she herself is a detective in a way that she uh, seeks justice for the world. Um, and, and, and they are both, they, they both agree in, in, in that, um, that need to, to be a hero or to do the right thing. Um, and so that's, that's where they, they really do connect. And, uh, but I, I liked what you said, Nate, as well. And, and you bringing back the other Man of Steel reference that is, um, you know, listen to my voice, pretend it's an, it's an island in the ocean, you know, and swim towards it. Like, and that, that could be played here where like he, you know, as a kid, he was going chaotic here, he's going chaotic and the voice of a loved one, you know, reels him back in. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's great. More, more aquatic terms. So, um, but that's all the notes I had for this minute. I don't know if you guys have any notes as well for this one before we move forward. I'm pretty good. Just, you know, speaking back, going all back to the conversation about the sun, I love that this particular minute and then the next minute, it ends with that final camera movement that puts them like silhouetted behind with the sun right behind them. It's like a perfect way to end this minute. (laughs) Absolutely. Cool. All right. We're going to wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really does help the show and helps new listeners discover our show as well. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can chat with us on Twitter at DCEU Minute. And if you'd like to hear more bonus content, we also have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.